I am so excited about this episode because I got the amazing opportunity to interview someone who has been a huge inspiration to my business and to the work that I do for my clients in how I organize my day-to-day, how I organize my time, how I organize my business. And we got to chat about a bunch of different things, including our favorite tools and programs. So obviously ClickUp, but also Notion and planners. We also got to touch on what it means to us to be mindfully productive and what it can look like from a big picture standpoint, but also in the nitty-gritty day-to-day life. We also got to talk about how we find the balance between reflection and action, how we get to balance emotions and feelings and energy, but also hard data in our business, and some of the activities that we do to help fill our cup to make sure that we can pour from it in our personal life, in our business, and how we can all kind of tie this in to be successful in our business and to do things like launching. So without further ado, hello friend and welcome to the Signature Podcast. I am your host, Anne-Sophie Peltier, and today I am joined by Sarah Steckler from Mindful Productivity, and I'm so excited to bring you into the discussion that I had with her. So without further ado, Sarah, if you can please introduce yourself to the people who don't know you yet. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, by the way. I'm so excited to be here uh, and see your face for the first time in person over video. Um, But my name is Sarah Steckler. Um, I'm a productivity strategist, and I focus on mindful productivity and really helping entrepreneurs organize their life and business. And I also help people publish their own planners. So that's my main focus. But yeah, I love geeking out about all things productivity. So I'm super excited to chat with you today. Well, I'm super happy that you can make the time to come on here and chat with me. I'm honestly super excited to have you on. Um, So actually, I thought you could start this chat with your podcast, which also just happens to be your Instagram handle, Mindful Productivity. So where, where does that come from? How did that come about? How did you start that? Yeah, great question. So um, I was going back to school for uh, a master's program back in like 2015. And I'd also recently moved across the country with my husband and my life felt like it was all over the place. And I was actually going back to school for health and wellness coaching, which I did for a while. Um, But during that time, I, I just kept coming back to how much I would geek out over planning and organization. And I would read a lot of different productivity books and, uh, you know, do all the the research that we do when we're interested in something. But I kept coming back to feeling like, you know, a lot of these strategies don't work for me. Like, you know, I heard about like, you know, the miracle morning or get up at 5am and do this and that. And a lot of it was very forced and, you know, regimented, like you were kind of like a robot or something. And at the same time, I was learning a ton about mindfulness in my master's program, you know, not only with setting intentions and, you know, uh, possibly using meditation, but also just being more present in your day-to-day life and your surroundings and your thoughts. And a lot of those concepts were brand new to me, you know, just like the narrative that we have in our mind and how we react to our thoughts. And so 
I just was planning one day and I was like, I'd love to incorporate more mindfulness into how I get things done. And so I started the Mindful Productivity Podcast and started talking about mindful productivity. I know a ton of other people have uh, since then as well. And it's just kind of become this thing. And I see so many other people talking about the same ideas, you know, like whether it's slow productivity or whatever. And I think it's great. And I think a lot of um, a lot of people really resonate with it because it kind of falls into the same vein of doing something your way and realizing that you can be productive and organized without having to constantly burn yourself out or judge yourself for not being a work robot. <laughs> totally. And I feel like in the business world, it's like you can be successful by doing things your way as well, right? Because it's like you see all these people being successful, applying different models, and then you try them and it's like, this just doesn't work for me. But then, you know, how much is that like a clear indicator that your business is going to be successful if you don't do it that way? And um, if I can ask, like at this point, was it already a business or was it just kind of a passion project? You're like, you know what, I want to talk about how I apply this just in my day to day kind of more personal life. Yeah, when I first um, started talking about it, I had been running my business, um, but I didn't completely pivot into actually talking about mindful productivity specifically and kind of moving away from my wellness business until about 2017. Sure. So that was when that was the point where I'd actually released like a, a membership site about mindful productivity at that point. And then I started the podcast in early 2018 with no real direction for it. Just like, oh, I want to talk about this. And the podcast like, just the side project that just slowly took yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. The podcast just started really growing and it was really fun. And I didn't overthink it. You know, I just started it. And there if you listen back to early episodes, there's tons of filler words and me stammering over my word. And I just was showing up and it was really lovely. And I I got to meet so many cool people and I continue to meet cool people, right? Like you and all these other entrepreneurs. And it just, it started out, I guess, kind of as a, a passion project, but it really led into the very business that I run today that's now my full-time job. Nice. Yeah, I'll be completely honest. Like when I go, went into my business full-time, I tried to apply these systems that don't work. Like again, like you said, like, oh, wake up at 5 a.m. and get everything done before everyone else is up type thing. And it was like, it does, just doesn't work for me. And so finding your content, finding your podcast was just discovering a whole new way of having permission to do things differently. Yeah. So, and I think too, when um, you're a creative, I was just going to say, when you're a creative, your brain works at different times. You can't always force mm-hmm. yourself to, to podcast. That or on-demand creativity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's a, it was, it was a really important shift for me to make. And then kind of like you was kind of just like, oh, well, if it worked for me and if I'm able to apply it, then maybe I can help teach others how to do how to do as well um so if like the nine to sorry if the like wake up at nine eight at five a.m to get a bunch done model doesn't work for you what what model works can you give us an idea of like what how you structure your day or how you structure your week yeah um i know that i've i know that you and i have talked about this or we've (laughs) talked about it in some capacity but um one thing i love to do are theme days and these look different like it's not necessarily like every Tuesday is a content day, but I basically totally. create these days and I kind of plop them into the week, depending on what my focus project is, where I'm kind of just focused on one overall thing. And that kind of helps guide my brain 
and knowing like this is kind of what you're working on today. So some examples could be like sometimes Monday is a complete planning day. Like I'm not taking action on anything. I'm just sitting down and being like, what am I doing? Big picture. Am I looking at stuff? Um, Am I looking at like forecasts for launching or anything like that? And then I have other days where maybe I am actually creating like a podcast recording day or creating content or even curriculum development for my students or like going in and checking in with them and seeing like what updates I can make to my courses. And then I also love to have learning days where it's just like the whole day is just about receiving information. And as a business owner, I think it's really important to have those days And to give Mm -hmm. yourself permission to learn the fun things, I think as you grow and scale your business, a lot of entrepreneurs say like, stop opting into all these freebies, like stop having shiny object syndrome. And I get the desire for focus, but also those things are really fun. And like, give me, like, give me, if there should be one uh, advantage of running my own business is to be able to learn about all these things. And like, maybe who knows, is it going to be the like, you know what, I'm completely pivoting because this is such a better way for me to work. Like, why would you not give yourself permission to learn about all these new things? Yes. And I know, like, I know too, some of the like funnest things I've got to learn about recently have been those like mini courses, you know, the ones that are like 27 bucks, which everyone says like, you know, stop buying mini courses and blah, blah, blah. And I just want to say, I think it's really refreshing to put the joy back into your business. So giving yourself a day okay. a week to free it's only learn. $27. <laughs> Yeah, like giving yourself full permission, you know, to learn about topics you want to learn about and, you know, play with different software tools. And because if I if I didn't give myself my brain time to do that and enjoy that or like look at stock photos for a couple hours, then like like you said, what's the point in running a business if you don't get to enjoy all those other aspects of it? Yeah, and I'd be ready to bet like you wouldn't be selling all of your Notion templates and having Notion as such a key part of your business now if you hadn't had time to just play around with that. Yeah, oh, 100%. Because like, I mean, and the thing is too, I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this. Part of running your business is figuring out what works. And a lot of people have to experiment. I know I did. I've experimented with just about every, you know, project management software out there. And anytime there's a new one, I'm like, I want to look at it because it's fun. Right. But I think it takes a while. And, you know, I think too, realizing that you're not making mistakes if you invest in programs or software that you end up not using because it's all an experiment. So when I look back at some of my business investments, even if I don't use them today, they got me to where I am today. And I learned something from that experience, you know? Totally. And I think that's such a good thing just to keep in mind in terms of like your overall mindset is like so many people are like, oh, that was a bad investment. And it's like, well, I'm sure there's like three things you can kind of outline that you learned from it. And if anything that allowed you to be where you are or kind of like the same thing was like, you know, my business didn't make me happy anymore and I don't want to, you know, basically scratch it all off and start from the beginning. And it's like, well, again, not really. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind, like no matter how you move forward in your business, you're never really taking a step back. You're just going in a different direction, perhaps. No, and coming back to the theme days, I really love doing that. I know about you, but what I like to do is like on the Friday, I'll kind of just sit down and be like, okay, what my what is my focus for the week? Like, what's my big, big thing that I want to make kind of the key, the meat of my week? And then from there, I'll be like, okay, well, based on that, it makes complete sense that let's say again, Monday would be kind of a planning day or then like Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be client work. And then on Thursday, I'm going to be working on my podcast. And it's right, just kind of a bit of a system to help us go from the big picture to, okay, 
this is what I'm going to do today. And once I figure out what I'm going to do today, what are going to be my three priorities? If something needs to get off the, that I, that I need to scratch off my to-do list and just, I don't have enough time to do it. It's like referring back to, okay, what was my initial goal for that day? And just honing in on that. Oh, I love the way you broke that down. That's so helpful. And yeah, and I think too, it's also getting clear on, you know, what drains you ener energetically, right? Like mentally or whatever. Um, I know for me, like I can only have so many calls a day, right? Or it's nice yeah. to have the, the bulk of my calls on one day. Um, or, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm recording a bunch of podcast episodes, it's probably not a good day to go live on Instagram, right? Because I'm kind of maxed out or I have a bigger chance of totally blanking out live and being like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> so just really getting <laughs> getting clear on all those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, which actually, let's let's segue into that. Do you have like tools to help people kind of identify that? Because I feel like people often resonate with that, like, oh, fueling activities or things that drain me a lot. But often it's like, how do I find the balance between both and how do I organize my day and my week to have both types of activities in a way that really supports me? Ooh, good question. Well, I know for me, um, mapping out when I have like a bigger project, uh, mapping it out as a focus project ahead of time can be really easy. And that's essentially creating a sprint. And then I like to go into yeah. the tasks as I break them down and kind of rate maybe like where my energy level maybe with them. And I think too, it's, it's really realizing like even just journaling, you know, like at the end of the day rating, how do I feel mentally? Like, do I feel like I can't even talk anymore? Cause like my brain's just done and I need to watch like love is blind or uh, <laughs> whatever on Netflix <laughs> or right. Yeah. Like, um, and, and when you're in that state, maybe it's better to do some more like administrative type tasks, or maybe just like you're mm -hmm. editing something in Canva that's like a little more mindless and you can, you know, listen to your favorite music in the background. So I think it's really just creating an awareness and trying to rate your different tasks based on when you do them. So at the end of the day, kind of like time tracking, but for energy yeah. management. So energy really, tracking. yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I love that. I like to, I have what I call the, my minimal workload list. And this is just a list of like things that for me take no energy. And yeah, on those days where I'm like, you know what, I've got nothing in the tank. It's like, okay, but what can I do that? Like you said, I can just put on music or even a TV show and just hack away. And in three hours, it'd be like, you know what, like enough and go do something else. That's my day's over. That's it. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, too, you you feel like you accomplished something, right? Like it wasn't a, a exactly. waste of a day. Like you did the, the minimum. And that's that's plenty. I love that. Because like how often do you go like, oh, I have, I'm going to have such a productive day. And just based on the fact that you had that expectation and it didn't happen, then you beat yourself up about it. Right. And then it's like, OK, like, you know what? Like, at least I went to this list. I completed a couple things. So and then you get to reflect on that. And you're like, you know what? Again, it wasn't com complete waste. Well, I don't like really using the word waste because, um, you know, obviously otherwise you rest, but right. Still be able to have that like, okay, brownie point. We did something good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, you just touched on such a great point. It's like, why can't rest or taking a break or watching a show be on your to-do list? You know, it's just as productive. So I love that. I just took the weekend off completely like off social media. Like I, d I took off the app off my phone. And it was like, oh, I came back Monday, like this morning and I was like, oh, you know what? This is so nice. Even though like, you know, I didn't post, I didn't engage with people. And it was still like coming back was so refreshing. 
I need to do that more often. Every time I do that, I end up like reading a book and going outside. And it's it's wild how much time you can spend just like scrolling through TikTok or whatever. And every now and then, you know, those like videos will pop up. It's like, hey, you've been scrolling for a while. You okay? And you're like, oh, no. It's like, yeah, that was supposed to be 15 minutes and we're two hours in. Okay. <laughs> well, then. Um. Okay, and like coming back to our energy management, I also noticed you have what you call the energy driver habits. Can we touch on that? Because I absolutely love this and the systems that you've built around it, but I'd love to hear you talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I built this really nerdy um, habit tracker in Google Sheets. And basically what it helps you do is identify your main energy drivers, which essentially are habits that fuel different areas of, you know, your happiness or your well-being. So like thinking about things, there's four categories and I'm going to totally space on what they are this second. But I know one (laughs) of them is like looking at your environment. So like what are the things that you can do to make your home or your office space, you know, feel more organized? I know for me, like if the kitchen's messy, I'll just be overwhelmed the whole day for some reason, right? So like, what are like little habits that you can have where maybe there's something like having your desk clean or something helps with that. Um, And then there's like other things that like, what are the habits that you need to do every day to, you know, uphold your overall energy, whether that's, you know, Mm -hmm. getting eight hours of sleep, drinking enough water, everywhere so that I'm always reminding myself to make sure to like get my ounces in. Um, But really essentially identifying instead of like, you know, all the habits of being like, oh, I'd love to be the person that like does this and does that. Instead, look at it as what are the things that if I do them, the return on investment will be like tenfold because they'll generate energy for me, right? Like sleeping generates energy for me water generates energy for me right um you know even like being off social media or reading for 15 minutes actually generates totally. you know a sense of well-being so that's essentially what it is is getting clear on all those different things i love that i feel like we can relate that to like when we we're talking at the beginning of implementing systems that work for other people but not necessarily for us like okay we're, we're in february but how much were we overloaded in the past two months of this is what I do in my morning routine. You're like, that's great. And it might be a good way to find ideas as to what you could implement for yourself. But like at the end of the day, it's what works for you. And I found that having that tracker was just helped me kind of find the, okay, again, sit down, see what actually works as opposed to like what I'd love to be able to do on paper because everyone else is doing it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think too, that's, and and also just creating awareness. Like one thing I notice is I'm like, oh, wow, when I drink more water every day, or when I hit my like 100 ounces or whatever I have, you know, I'm more likely to go to bed and bed on time, or I'm more likely to feel good and then want to go on a longer walk. Or so you also get to kind of see this data and the trickle down effect of like, you know, what triggers the other things that you do. And then also, it also shows you like, you know, like what day of the week are you doing like the most things? And so that can also Mm -hmm. help you understand like maybe what are some of the other external factors in your life that help you either take action or not with those tasks. I love that. Um, And we've kind of mentioned this throughout their conversation through far, but the, just the idea of checking in with yourself and we've kind of mentioned it left and right, but what would you say is like your routine or your system to systemize checking in with yourself <laughs> to help do that on a more regular basis? 
Mm-hmm. I so I personally do this um, every Friday. I mean, I like to check in with myself at the end of every workday too. Um, but every Friday specifically, I do a weekly pulse point check in. And that involves looking at all my business metrics and sales and all that kind of stuff and making sure like, you know, pages are connected and all that stuff. But it also means Mm -hmm. going through, I have this whole template and notion that basically has all these journal prompts. And so I'll create a new one at the beginning of the week and then that populates and I'll go in there and be like, you know, what went well? What are you struggling with? Like, what are some of your frustrations? And really basically creating and holding a space for myself to to vent and to release stuff. And, you know, I have like amazing mastermind entrepreneur friends that I talk to on Voxer every day, but it's still nice to yeah. have an additional space because, I mean, I think they would stop talking to me <laughs> if I vented about everything constantly. So it's also nice to have a place, you know, where I can dump all those things out. And it's amazing how you feel better after that. Right. And so um, just having a place to check in and that also helps me manage my energy better because a lot of times, and it's taken me so many launches to get to this point, I'll, I'll feel myself getting resentful of things that like don't matter. Right. Or if something doesn't go my way, I'll get super frustrated. And then I go, Oh, you're taking on too much or you're putting too much Mm -hmm. pressure on yourself for how this launch should go and why and when. So that really helps me kind of hone in and and pull back when I need to. I love that. I love how you're bringing both, you know, the feeling aspect of it, but also the data piece of it. Because obviously running a business, you can't just close your eyes to the data. It's like, okay, but how how many clients are you bringing? How much money are you making? Like we still have to run a business at the end of the day and be able to combine that and kind of be like, okay, where, you know, just again, combining all the data, hard data of the numbers and how you're feeling, how you're managing your energy. And yeah, exactly. And I think too, data can inform some of your emotional responses. So like sometimes if I'm starting to feel like, oh, this launch isn't going how I want or whatever, it's like, well, why don't you actually look at the the data and look at what you're doing Mm -hmm. and look at your metrics and realize how many people have signed up. And when you start looking at those things, then you can go, oh, well, you know, maybe I haven't had as many signups through Instagram, but the email list is popping. And then it's like, well, what can I do, right? Like maybe I can, you know, share out or reach out to more people. So it basically takes you out of this only emotional reactive state and helps you make more kind of like, not that emotion isn't logical, but I think sometimes we can get into a state where it's like, all emotional reaction-based without yes. right without looking at like some of the actual hard data no i yeah you're completely completely right um and also one of the other systems that you love that you talk about a lot is what you call your brain dump exercise can you walk us through that because that is honestly one of my favorite systems and strategies that i've heard from you that have implemented but again i'd love to hear you talk about it Yeah. Well, I know. And brain dumps, I don't even know how long those have been around. But um, when I created the brain dump book, it was basically like, okay, how can we use brain dumps to like really declutter our mind in a more structured way? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll go to do a brain dump and I'll just be like staring at a blank page and be like, I don't I don't even know where to begin. Like, like everything, is everything. You know? Like, just there an avalanche of words of something, exactly. of something that are completely unrelated? And you're just like, what do I do with this? 
All right. So for me, I wanted to create more structured templates for Braindom. So the Braindom book was born from that. Like, and one of the um, first templates in there, and one of the ones I always talk about is there's basically like three questions that it asks you. And that is, you know, what's within your scope of control? You know, what can you not control? And then like knowing those two things, like what might you change? And so that can be a really nice place to start, especially, you know, when the world feels heavy and all of this. And so you write down those things and you dump down those ideas. And then from there, there's also other templates where, you know, sometimes I'll use things specifically for projects. Like, what do I need to do for this course? And what do I want to do for my podcast? And so doing that brain dump really helps declutter your mind. And then from that space, then you can go over to the daily productivity page and like actually map out your tasks. Because I think a lot of times we try to work from a brain dump space and it's like, your brain dump isn't your to-do list, right? Like that's really where you're getting clear on what am I actually going to keep with me today? I was going to say, like, now that's on paper, what's useful? What do you want to look at later down the line? What do you actually need to get your job done today? <laughs> and then move on. <laughs> those are such great questions. Yeah. Like, that should be, like, a little Instagram post. Like, those questions are so helpful. Because I think sometimes just even, like, a sticky – I might even, like, put a sticky note and be like, and Sophie said this. Because those questions can be so helpful when you're looking at, like, tons of stuff you have to do it's like really what is important right it's it's almost kind of like looking at a priority matrix i said it can feel so overwhelming too because you go into your day and you feel like you have you know 30 different things that are just in your head that you have to do and then one again taking them out of your head and then two organizing them and then three being like okay wait this is for later and this is what i actually need today and it just feels like you're so much more organized and so much less reactive and everything's just mapped out for later. <laughs> it's like there is a theme here <laughs> when we talk about. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, okay. And then moving on to a question that I don't know about you, but I get asked a lot, which is the concept of doing enough and how do I know that I'm being productive? What would what What do you have to say about it? What would be like tips and advice you would give to someone who doesn't really know how to map this out for themselves? Yeah. Well, I really want to highlight too what you said a few minutes ago, which was like making kind of your your minimum, you know, list. I love that idea. And yeah. I think another uh, point to highlight here is really taking time to map out your plan of action. So um, I like to create focus projects in my business and that could be for things like a launch or, you know, ongoing podcast creation. But focus projects can also be for things like just ongoing sustainability in your business. Like, what are the mm-hmm. things that you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? Um, and kind of creating almost like a template for that plan of action. And when you take time to map out your focus project and what's you know, what's required to meet your goals, Mm -hmm. essentially, like, you know, um, in productivity terms, right, like, essentially, mapping out your KPIs or your, um, what your goals are going to be for a project, when you get clear on what your overall goal is, and where your direction is, then within that, you can kind of know what needs to happen when, right, like, this chunk of tasks really has to happen by this week, otherwise, we're going to be kind of behind on the project. So I think, a lot of people feel like they're not doing enough because they're just lacking that awareness piece of the overall project scope, you know, and what what's the time frame of it? What's the energy 
uh drain on it and then also like what's your capacity so a lot of times yeah. i've tried to do like i've come up with an idea and just jumped into like a launch without realizing like oh um you know i don't actually my... have the capacity for this right now yeah exactly like maybe i'm on my period this week or i'm having <laughs> trouble with some family stuff or you know the dog has yeah. to go to the vet suddenly and like all of a sudden it all feels like it's too much. And then when we feel in that space, I think it's a lot easier to judge ourselves and be like, we're not doing enough. So just yeah. getting clear, I think, on your project scope ahead of time can really help you. And then, like you said, then you can make kind of those like, if nothing else happens, as long as I do X, Y, Z today, like we're going to be OK. Now, what I'd like to add to I think there's something to be said about perfectionism or right, what is like a must must have for your project to be launchable <laughs> versus is a you know what is it nice to have or I could have it right and once you're able to draw that line it's like okay do I have extra capacity yes then I can pull from this list of additions that I could have as opposed to you know what I'm like right at the line and I'm gonna stick to just the must-haves even though maybe internally you're like oh I wish it was the there were these other things that I was creating with it but you know what like being honest with yourself in terms of like is this a thing in and of itself that can support itself yes okay then everything else is just extras and bonuses yeah and I think too I don't know about you but how many times have you went to do something and then you haven't done it because you're like oh I really wish I could have this like really cool software thing that like automated yeah. this for me right when it's like yeah. do you really need that yet like in this stage like sometimes I've been like oh I, I need this to happen and it's like okay you're only you only have like 20 students so far like in this new program right like yeah. you're probably gonna be okay without all these fancy automations and then also realizing that everything you do is only gonna grow and evolve right like you know, um, my planner course, for example, like when that first started, like I had a, you know, a group of like 14 people that went through the first iteration and it was awesome. But then like we made a ton of improvements like since then. Right. Yeah. And like now the sales page is all pretty and it's got like its own branding. And like, but if I'd waited to launch that until I had all these things up and running, it would have never happened, you know? Yeah, what, yeah, I, what, what I what I like, like to do, to do for, that for that is like, like I'll, have I'll have a list, a list of things that, that I, could I could automate or, or create later, later down the line. line. So it's like so for me that happened when I was, when I was um, just starting in, in terms, terms of my custom, custom project. project. I was like, oh, oh I could pay, I could for, pay the for the Calendly premium and have my little logo on it. And I can use the Sado to automate everything, all the steps in my funnel, basically. And then it's like, okay, I don't actually need that. I'm going to write it down. So when I hit the point where I'm ready to automate parts of this process, I have I an have idea as to how, how I would do it and the programs program I would use to do it. it. But like but you like said, you realistically, said, I can I handle all of it on my own for now and save the money and, and just, just take, again, I don't I need don't the fancy programs at this specific stage. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love basically like making a wish list for like your business or something you're creating. And that's so smart because then when you do get to that space, you know, that space, you've already kind of created that list, you know, some of the resources. Yeah. And I've totally been guilty in the past of like starting something on the side and like investing in software for it. And then like a couple months later being like, oh, actually, I don't think this is going to happen. <laughs> and it's like, you know what I mean? I'm like, why did I do all that? Why did I waste like a couple hundred bucks, like starting this whole new thing yeah. that like totally is not going to take off? Yeah. Totally. Uh, which actually, I, I'd love to talk about that. Your course that you have to help people create their own planners, because I think that is amazing. How did that come about? Like, what what does it look like right now? 
what gave you the idea of even starting it in the first place? <laughs> this is one of those classic examples of I didn't plan to make this program, but enough people asked me, so I did it. Um, but yes. I started publishing my own planners in 2018. And um, I use Kindle Direct Publishing to do that. And at the time, you always did it through Amazon. Yeah, so it's through Amazon. And at the time when I created mine, everyone's like, you can't design a planner in Canva. You you know, it's impossible to do this. And so I was like, I don't think so. And I did it. Now it's so funny because like everyone's doing it now, right? I was like, it's funny because it's only like four years ago. (laughs) And now it's the go to for everyone. (laughs) 100%. And so I had a bunch of people being like, how are you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. And I mean, you can sign up for Kindle Direct Publishing and figure it out. But I found that, you know, there's so many ways to make it a lot easier and make the whole learning experience so much more fun. And I hit so many roadblocks creating my own planners. Like I'm talking like I had to order so many proofs because I kept messing up margins and blah, blah. And so I've, you know, over the years, I've really perfected how to create them. So now we have published with purpose and we have almost, uh, I say we, but it's it's just me. Um, I have almost a (laughs) hundred students in there now. And um, we just go through like, it's so fun because not only do we go over like the technical aspects of formatting and how to figure out your margins, but we also now have like tons of templates. So there's templates in there nice. to help you create a pocket planner or an eight by 10 guide or anything like that. And then I think the best part of the course, you know, wh- that I enjoy the most is just hearing all these different ideas from all these different students literally across the world. So everyone always has a different spin on a planner idea. And a lot of people come yeah. into it being like, well, I have this idea, but like, I think it's been done. And I'm like, no, but it hasn't really been done by you, you know? And then we talk about totally. how they can make it unique. And it's just so fun. Like if I had more time and I wasn't also running my business, I think I would just create planners like the rest of my life because it's, it gets addicting. Awesome. It's like so exciting. And when you get that first like hard copy in the mail, you're like, I did this. Like, this is so cool. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. This is my baby. <laughs> Say hi to the world. <laughs> exactly. No, I love that. I'd say that's like such a good example of like, sure, you could Google it and YouTube it and figure it out yourself. Or you can come and join us and have all the shortcuts and the tips and, you know, just the things that are going to help you save time and money to create, hopefully, maybe a better product in the end. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, I think one of the reasons why I know I join courses and programs like that is for the community, right? It's to meet other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and to get, you know, help with something. And you can do anything on your own. And I think my entire life and even in the first few years of my business, I tried to do everything by myself and quickly found that wasn't working and was burning myself out. And so, um, yeah, some of the best decisions I've made have been investing in other entrepreneurs that like that have the expertise that I don't. And it's great. And they just tell me how to do things. I'm like, wonderful. I say, how about we fast track my process? Thank you very much. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. So we talked about paper planners, but you're also a huge fan of Notion. How do you use both? What do you use Notion for? Do you use it for your personal life? Well, I know the answer to that already. You use it for your personal life and your business life, but like. (laughs) I love these questions. Like, I can't tell you how much fun I'm having just like nerding out with you like right now. Like my brain's like, yes. Um, So yeah, I do use (laughs) paper planners and Notion. And I think the long and the short of it is when I'm doing like big picture planning, I have to write things down. So there's a lot of times where. Uh, things are actually kind of duplicated where they might be in my planner, but eventually they make their way into Notion. And for me, 
paper planning is kind of like the idea phase where it's like I feel like I'm tangibly pulling something out of my brain. Yeah. And and I can like, you know, I just it's easier to just write down ideas with my hand and like think about it that way. And then Notion helps me basically surface that information seamlessly. So instead of trying to be like, what page did I put this on? Or like having to look through an index and a planner, it's an even more fleshed out um, area where I'm doing that. And the way I have my Notion set up, and a lot of these are pretty standard like Notion practices, but I have mm-hmm. different Notion basically. For anyone that doesn't know what Notion is, it's like a wiki style system. Say, walk us through it because I don't think everyone's <laughs> familiar with it. Yeah, it's it's basically like a, a wiki style site and you can hit different keys on your keyboard and put in different headings. You can link to other pages within pages and you have databases and databases are amazing because you not only can create all kinds of data and have different views like board views or Gantt charts or anything like that. But then you can also create relations between databases so that they talk to each other, which essentially allows you to pull in data that you need based on all kinds of parameters. So in my daily Mm -hmm. dashboard, for example, I have a database that has my master task list and that just pulls in tasks that are related specifically to that day. So when I'm looking at my daily dashboard, that's all I see. And that really helps me zone in and know what I'm doing. And the same thing is true of all like my focus projects. Yeah, like right now, I feel like it's one of the first years, like Notion has really helped me. Um, I've been using it for a couple of years, but in the past six months, especially I've like really dove into using it every single day. Yeah. And I now have like a focus project for everything. So like for the rest of the year, I have all my focus projects laid out for my main launches, but a lot of those won't show up until I actually need to take action on them. So it's just really nice. I mean, there's endless things you can do with Notion. I also use it to store like brand elements and stuff like that um, Mm -hmm. and all the speakers for my upcoming summit and all that kind of stuff. Um, But it's just nice. It's it's like a one-stop shop, one place to go to, to find everything. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I usually prefer ClickUp for my business just because I feel like they're like all the items are classified as tasks, but Notion is where I organize the rest of my life. <laughs> it's like to me having the different programs is like, am I working or am I in biz or am I like off the clock? One or the other. Well, and I think it's so, can we just say like, there is not, you don't have to just choose one tool. Like I think so many business owners are like, oh, I have to find the one, you know, system that does everything. And I mean, I still use Google Workspace. I still use other tools every now and then. Right now, Notion is like what's working. But if in the future, like Asana makes some kind of change and I'm like, ooh, that's even better, then I'm not afraid to to move or shift or pivot. Um, But I think, yeah, as business owners, we often feel like we have to like, find the one project management system. And like you said, you know, like I know mm-hmm. some people that use Notion and then they also use Todoist or whatever. So yeah. find what works, find your flow and like own it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. And I think if anything, like you're able to really, f- you know, like, oh, I'm going to use QuickBooks for my accounting and I'm going to use, you know, Notion to organize all my projects. And you're really able to pick the program that works best for whatever you're going to use it. And then the game just kind of becomes, how do you all tie it in together? So it doesn't become 25, you know, different moving parts of your business. But, you know, once you're able to tie it all in, then you've got the perfect program for each type of hat you wear. Yes, exactly. And a lot of these programs make it really easy to link stuff, you know, like within Mm -hmm. Notion, you can easily link to a Google Drive folder. You could easily link to a ClickUp area, right? And vice versa. So 
it becomes pretty seamless. No, they've done a lot of good work to help make integrations and automations just so much easier. And then, yeah, just being able, making sure that your programs are able to talk to, to each other. Um, okay, so then you talked, you briefly mentioned launch. <laughs> so you've got a big event coming up very soon, and I want to touch on that in a second. But before we do, I find that launches is one of these things that a lot of people struggle with because they tend to be more demanding, right? You have to show up potentially more than you usually do. So I guess, can you walk us through the systems, tips, advice, frameworks, etc., <laughs> that you use to have, or we could call it a mindful launch to stay on brand? Ooh, such a good, good question. Um, I think one of the most important things before you even begin, like planning out your launch is think about like mm -hmm. your landing plan. So like, where do you want to land? Like when the launch ends and the doors close or however you're doing it, what like what do you immediately need to do? Because I think a lot of us just kind of hit the brakes. And it's kind of like if you've been on your feet all day, like I went to Ikea the other day and like I was walking around all day. And then the minute I got home yeah. and sat down on the couch, I was like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. And so it's like <laughs> when you're launching something, you got to have a place to land so that you don't just mm -hmm. stop and then like never get off the couch again. Because <laughs> I've definitely had like a week or two after a launch where it's like, I can't do anything. So yeah, I'm so out. I'm taking a break. Bye. Exactly. So th think about like the things that you want to do to come down off the launch, right? Like what are the self-care activities? And also what are those things like peppered in throughout your launch period so that like you're taking care of yourself? Like I know for me, um, I like to kind of plan to get like takeout or really simple meals yeah. or Chipotle, like when I'm doing launch mm -hmm. stuff so that I'm not, I don't have to think about cooking because or eating or any of that kind of stuff. Because otherwise, like sometimes I just won't. I was like, you know, that's going to, you know, that's one of the things that are just going to be thrown out the window when you go into launch mode. Therefore, what can you do to make sure that they actually stay? Yeah. So pepper and breaks and things like that. And then, but when it comes to actually like doing a more, I guess, mindful launch, as you put it, um, I think it's really about giving yourself enough time. One thing leading up to um, this productivity summit I'm doing is really giving myself enough lead time like to promote it and talk about it and because yeah. I remember when I first started launching things I would like be like okay in 48 hours we're gonna do this thing and like it just wasn't <laughs> enough time for people to totally. consider it or sign up or whatever so um you know and like for a lot of us we don't have like ton hundreds and thousands hundred thousand followers or whatever right we're we're working with smaller more niche audiences so it can be a struggle to get in front of the right people in the right amount of time so giving yourself totally. more time and then I don't know, for me, it's it's really realizing that like so much of everything is timing for people. So if you don't see like a huge influx of new students or new clients, realize that, you know, um, a lot of it can be timing and that people are always yeah. going to make the best decision for them. So I no longer spend any time ever like trying to convince people to buy or ever trying to pressure people like because I know on the receiving mm -hmm. end I hate that and also yeah. if people want to invest in something like they totally will like you know if you've totally. if you've done your homework and you've written out your sales copy and you're actually talking to your people you know totally. um but yeah I think those things are key and like you know like I mentioned with focus projects create one for your launch make, you know, make mm -hmm. as much stuff ahead of time, you know, as you can. Like right now, um, at the time of this recording, like my summit doesn't start for like another two weeks or so, but like just about everything's already done on the back end. So 
it's nice leading up to that to not have to feel that stress and know that like when the actual event is happening I can like sit back and enjoy it as if I were a participant that's awesome and to give us an idea like correct me if I'm wrong this is a one-week event where you have a ton of speakers you're at what 29 speakers now for the event that is so much but like I guess how yeah how far ahead of like when did you start actually doing the work for this like did you give yourself like a three month lead time or like you know again we're talking about like taking longer to plan but what exactly did that like mean for this project for you yeah well I actually didn't give my people a whole lot of time so I wouldn't recommend this but last year I ran the same kind of event and I only gave people like two weeks notice I was like hey can we like do this in two weeks and everyone was super excited and we like made it happen but um this time I'm giving everyone it's it's supposed to a month to get like their trainings in and stuff like that um but and then I already had a ton of the templates ready to go from last year so like the first time I did this I mean I had to build out like all the you know landing pages and lead pages and then all the individual speaker pages and one thing i learned the hard way was like don't if you're doing an event that requires like multiple pages or something like that like make sure you get one down first like and make it your template and put in all those links first yeah and then just copy it because what I ended up doing was being like, oh, I'm going to add this graphic or I'm going to add this. And then having to update all of them individually last year. That was like really silly. Yeah. So, you know, and, and also to make it super easy for, you know, your people to promote it. So like I've created like graphics for everybody and there's a Google drive Mm -hmm. and there's a notion doc surprise um, for everyone to access everything. And then that's just really easy to send that out. And then also like scheduling out, emails to all the speakers ahead of time so you can do that in google mm-hmm. like scheduling out email reminders like hey this is the week your trainings do this is the week we're going live and automate as much sure. as you can ahead of time um and then like the goal this week too is to like schedule out all the facebook posts for the event facebook group too like nice. now so that during yeah. event week again i can just sit back and be like oh this is so fun who did this i say it's completely off your hands and you can just roll with it yeah, no, again, talking about, like, when we're mentioning how, like, programs can talk to each other, I feel like that's something that people are afraid to implement in their business because they're like, oh, it's going to, you know, not merely make it feel human, it's going to make it feel cold, and it's like, no, like, if you do it the right way, it's actually a great way to take things off your plate in a way where it still gets done, it still supports your business, it still creates, you know, a really great customer experience, but it's off your plate and off your hands. <laughs> it's one less thing to do. Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, the more that you can do ahead of time for things, because whatever you have planned for a launch, it's always going to end up being like a little bit more than you thought it would be. Like there's always going to be something that happens, like tech issues are bound to happen or there's, you know, whatever. So like getting as much done as possible is key because um if you leave things to the last minute and then something else happens it can be like so incredible i've definitely had nights where i'm like up till 2 or 3 a.m just trying to meet a deadline that i've set because i didn't you know do more ahead of time totally yeah um okay so i guess one last question to wrap up is what do you think holds people back from achieving a mindful business again given that this is what they want what do you feel is their biggest hurdle to creating it for themselves? Yeah, I think 
you know, a lot of it is building confidence in yourself and trusting your decisions. But it's it's kind of like the chicken or the egg because you can't really get to that point until you trust yourself and trust your decisions. So like totally. you have to take action and you have to be uncomfortable and you have to do things and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to say the wrong things um, as a business yeah. owner. Um, you're not always going to make people happy. Um, but just really like learning, you know, like getting in there. It's like, you know, it's like the, why they say the best way to learn a language is to go to that country and speak with people. Um, because you can totally. read a book all day or you can listen to audios all day, but until you're actually it's interacting with that environment. Yeah. Right. So with your business, I think, I think a lot of the reasons why people don't take action is they think that they just like all, you know, it's kind of like that same trope of I'll be happy when, right? I'll be successful when totally. I know all the perfect software or I know exactly what my niche is. Oh my gosh, how many years I spent being like, I don't know what my elevator pitch is. Like, like my <laughs> name is Sarah and I'm a blank, blank, blank who helps blank with blank during blank. And it's like, yeah. you don't need to know that to in order to start your business. Like, it's so funny to me as just as an aside, how long I spent trying to figure out my niche. And like, even now, right, it's I have two distinct things I talk about. I talk about planners and I talk about Notion. And me a couple years ago would be like, mm -hmm. that's not focused enough. Like, you have to pick one. And it's like, that's just where I've landed. And it's okay. And I think, yeah, we just put so much emphasis on to like, having to know all these weird things or having to know all these labels like you can you can just start your business and start helping people and not get caught up in in all of that stuff i love that i love that no and i feel like again like it's by starting that you're gonna get the client feedback that you know hopefully has some positive pieces in it and then you can use that to boost your confidence and then she's to be like, you know what, I'm going to work in a way that might not be conventional, but I know that's what works. And clearly my clients appreciate it too, because I have tangible proof that it does. So this is just how we're going to roll. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on here. Um, so you mentioned the event that you have in, I think, two weeks, you said now. Can you talk us about can, talk to us about it? Because I imagine that's where people can work with you at least right now, or can that people can find you through? Yeah. So yeah, event week um, happens mid March, and it's basically a free event week. There's 29 speakers, six days of on demand access, and I mean we're talking about all things productivity, organization, goal setting, and um, the speakers for this are incredible. And I wish I could have done like double the speakers. There's just so many amazing people out there, and so we'll definitely be doing something like this again um but yeah. it definitely join if you want to join you can sign up at productivityweek.com otherwise um you can find everything i talk about over at mindfulproductivityblog.com that's where you can find the podcast uh, planner publishing guide you know all the other things <laughs> that i talk about totally. um but yeah so i invite anyone to, to check that out if they're interested that's it. You heard her friends all the links are going to be in the bio if you want to go check her out or if you're going to sign up for the week um, it's going to be a good time. And otherwise, thank you for tuning in this week and I will talk to you soon.